um, couple months, I guess, uh, when we do some of these psalms. Um, and it's uh, a song by Brooklyn Tabernacle, Thou, O Lord. And I just get like, yeah. And that just gets me excited. I love that. You guys like that song? I love that song. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll look that up. That'll be good. But yeah, there's songs like that that just get you excited and get you motivated and you want to go uh, do something for the Lord. Um, a certain love song may, may, may take us back to a special moment in our lives. Um, songs, some songs make us feel good. There's some songs uh, that are just very patriotic and they make you like love your country. You ever have songs like that that happen? And, you know, they get that marching snare in there and you're like, yes, amen. I love the military and our country and those kinds of things. Um, songs that stir our emotions are nothing new. And the Bible is full of great songs because the book of Psalms is a, is a, is a song book. It's a hymn. Hymn book, really. It's a book of Psalms. Um, and many of the Psalms in the Bible express, express human emotions. And one type of song was predominant for David the most well-known writer of the Psalms, David was most moved by the majesty and the glory of God. David was a guy um, who, who had a love for the Lord. And with all the soul-stirring soul themes in our music, nothing compares to, to the glory of God's, God's name. Tonight we're in a series called A Name Like No Other. Who remembers those name tags? Hello, my name is. You remember those? And uh, that's hilarious. But we're talking about the names of God and different things, and we talk about qualities of God's name. When you think about um, the term, the, the word name or the names of God, or, or even thinking about the concept of a name, we have names. And in our culture, it's amazing. I like to ask people all the time, um, what's your name? So you ask the name. Do you know what your name means? It's amazing how many people do not know what their name is. How many guys know? You absolutely know what your name means, okay? Who does not know what their name means? It's okay if you don't, okay? You should Google that. It'll take like three seconds. Like, look it up, seriously. You, do it. You, yeah. That would be really awkward if it's like smelly one. Okay. Thanks, mom and dad. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, it, can, it can get awkward. Most, most names are not that. Most names... People want to name their kids good things, you know. And so, um, so you have the actual literal, when you talk about somebody's name, you literally are talking about what they get called. But sometimes when you're talking about somebody's name, you're talking about more than that. You, if you say, yeah, that guy's got a good name in town. What are, they, what are you saying? You're saying something about their reputation. You're saying something about um, what people think about that particular person. Um, in the Bible, there's times where the Bible says we, you should not take the Lord's name in vain, right? And that's to use God's name for something that God's not associated with. That's what that means. And so um, at a very mere level, it means that when I hammer my thumb instead of the nail, to use God's name to express disgust in that moment, obviously, is to take God's name in vain. But also to say, hey, God wants you to give me 20 bucks is also to take God's name in vain, right? Because you're leveraging God's name for something that is not associated with him. Tonight's study, we're talking about God's name, and the, the theme of tonight's lesson 
is the idea that God's name is majestic, that because God is majestic. And, he exalt, and he's exalted, and his name is informed by what he does. We, we can exalt God, and we can praise God for who he is. Who agrees with me? We should, if, if that's all we ever praise God for, that's, that would be a good starting place for what we should praise God for. But we should also praise God for, because we can praise God and exalt him because of what, his day, what he does. He is, here are three reasons why God's name, why his reputation, why what we think about God can be described as majestic. And we're going to look at that in this incredible song, Psalm 138. Here's what it says. You guys want to read it with me? Let's read it together. Psalm 138. I think I'm just going to read the whole thing. Verses 1 through 8, because that's how it is. Ready? Psalm 138. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and thy truth, for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day, that's an interesting concept, isn't it? In the day when I cried, thou answeredest me and strengthenest me with a strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. They that shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord, Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands." God, would you help us tonight um, as we just take a few minutes um, to examine your name, to think about you and your reputation that's informed not just by, not just by what you've done, not just by who you are, but by what you do, what you are doing, and how you interact in, with us and how we ought to respond back to you. I love you so much, God. There's a lot going on in our lives, people that are hurting, people that are struggling, um, people that are uh, dealing with good and bad, highs and lows. And I pray that even tonight as people walked in and had whatever they brought in with them, those struggles, those hurts, those pains, whatever it is, God, I pray that just for the next few minutes, they may reflect on who you are and and remember who their strength's in and who their salvation is in and who their trust ought to be in. And be encouraged. Be excited about living for you in the midst of, of what they're dealing with. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here's three reasons why God's name is majestic. Number one, the Lord is loving. The Lord is loving. Um. Just a basic thing to do in Bible study is just to read it and try to ask questions of the text, right? I will praise thee, who's I? David. Yeah, this is a Psalm of David, right? Uh, it says that actually in my subtitle uh, below in Psalm 138, this is a Psalm of David. He says, I will praise thee 
with my whole heart. What does that mean? Is this uh, half-hearted? Is is this uh, uh, weak? Is this passionate? What is it? It, This is with everything he has, right? This is uh, body, soul, and spirit. Everything about me, I'm going to praise you, Lord. Why? And then he says this, before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. Now, this is not David being polytheistic, okay? This does not imply that David uh, believed that there's a whole bunch of, of, uh, of legitimate gods, right? This is dealing with the fact that he lives among nations that are pagan, okay? Nations that believe that there are other gods. And basically what David's saying is, I'm willing to deal with whatever comes at me from these other nations by proclaiming your praise with my whole heart in front of all these people that don't agree. How many guys are around people at work, in your neighborhood, in your school, wherever you're at, you're around people that don't believe what you believe? Yeah, we're all there. And I don't know about you, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I just, I kind of stopped my question (laughs) because I didn't want to make you feel like you got to confess something here. But I'll be transparent with you and say there are times when I probably ought to be proclaiming and praising God and putting God out there, but I'm around people that don't or may not like it, and I'm kind of sometimes tempted to kind of be a little bit more subtle with what I think about the Lord, right? Now, sometimes I'm not saying that that's always bad, right? Sometimes what I mean by that is if, you're, if you have uh, a desire to, to uh, try to reach somebody and, you, and you're trying to build a bridge to them, um, you start with where you have something in common, and that's not necessarily wrong. But it is wrong if you are going to deny the Lord. Here's what David's saying. Hey, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you in front of, uh, in front of uh, anybody, even, though, even if they don't disagree with me. He says, before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple. That's interesting. Um, Solomon built the temple after David's death in 1 Kings 6, but David planned for the temple by purchasing the land. David may have been looking towards the place where the temple would one day reside. Another possibility is that David was speaking of God's heavenly temple. Whatever, whatever he's saying, he's saying, I'm going I'm, I'm to go where we know that your presence is, right? He says, I'm going to praise thy name for thy loving kindness and thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Loving kindness here is, is this uh, Hebrew word. <laughs> Whenever you say a Hebrew word with the C-H, you got to go <laughs> chesed. Um, chesed, okay? Chesed means like favor. It's loving kindness. It's, it's a rich word in the Hebrew that's led to many different translations. But here he's talking about this covenantal love that, that God has for David. And he, and he says, it's an amazing thing. I, I'm, I'm, um, this week, I'm in Psalm 23 in my own personal reading. That's where I'm at. And, and uh, this morning I just started in verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I was observing this morning that word, the word Lord is Jehovah. 
And when you look at what Jehovah means, Jehovah means self-existent one, okay? So you may get a repeat of this later, I don't care. You'll just have to be here and hear it again. But Jehovah, self-existent one, means God, God doesn't need anything outside of him to exist. We had to be created. We, we had to be started. We had to be, there, there's a cause to us, Right? God is uncaused. He's eternal, right? So when David says, think about this, the Lord, the self-existent one, the one who creates and does not need anything created, he is the one who shepherds me. What does it mean to shepherd? It means to guide, to protect, to provide, right? So what then does he say, I shall not want, I shall not lack, the God who creates everything is the one who, who takes care of me. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't lack for anything. David, that's the same David, the same writer is saying, I'm going to praise God because of his loving kindness. Does God owe us loving kindness? No, he does not. He does not at all. Uh, so, so this idea of God's loving kindness, and then he, and he connects it with truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. While no aspect of God should be elevated above others, here God's promises to David in thy, in thy word was to David the greatest of all the promises. The phrase could also be interpreted as referring to God's revelation in his word, which is the clearest revelation of himself when compared to how the work of God can be seen in his creation. So he says here, uh, he, gives a, he gives almost a, an example of the loving kindness of God. Verse 3, in the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with the strength in my soul. Do you notice that like as you read through, and this is true of many of the Psalms and specifically the Psalms of David, the passionate wording here. How is he praising God in verse 1 with his whole heart? Where, who is he doing it before? Before people that don't agree with him, right? I'll praise toward thy holy temple. Praise thy name for thy loving kindness. Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Verse 3, in the day when I, when I under my breath privately prayed. Is that what he says? No, in the day that I cried unto the Lord. Right? Psalm 3, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Right Here he says, in the day when I cried, I cried out to you, what did, what did God do? He answered me. How did he answer me? He strengthened me with the strength in my soul. We don't know exactly the occasion of David's prayer, but we know that David faced difficulty. He, he faced things that went on. And it was in those moments that David cried unto the Lord. As David needed the Lord and called upon him, God in his love and faithfulness answered David, providing the strength he needed to get through whatever storm he, in life he was facing. Um, this hesed, this loving kindness is what David is exalting. But I think it's interesting that David is exalting God, and this is, I think speaks to the majesty of God's name, He's exalting God above any other gods, right? So you have, what makes it majestic? What makes it majestic is that 
the God, well, first of all, the God that he's praying to actually exists. And actually, he's not a God you pray to and, and, and the God, the little g gods can't answer you. They can't strengthen you. They can't hear the words of your mouth. God is majestic because he can hear. He does exist. He's above every other God. And this God loves us. Not because we deserve it, but because he's so good. And this God answers us and he hears us. Even, not, again, not because we need, not because we we deserve it, but because he's so, he's so good. He's so loving. And so God is majestic because he's above every other God. He's above, uh, above everybody else in that he is loving. We're going to go through these quickly. Number two, the Lord keeps his promises. The Lord keeps his promises. It says here, in the last one, it was, He's above the gods. In this particular section, who's he above? Verse number four. All the kings. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear what? What does it say? The words of thy mouth. Again, David is talking about the, God's words. Um, he, he's talking about the, the words of his mouth. Now, Kevin texted me the meaning of his name. Thank you, Kevin. Oh, the, your last name. Oh, see, you liked what you found out. And that's why Kevin's last name is Linhart which is an occupational surname derived from the middle high German named La... If it's German, it's like Lenhardt. I don't know. Which translates to Lionheart. Dude, that's... You should have known this a lot earlier, right? That could help you in sports. The name is thought to have been given to individuals who are hardy and courageous. When I think Kevin, that's what I think of, hardy and courageous. Very cool. I love the technology that I can just do that. Um, here he talks about all the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord. He, there's a, uh, let me ask you a question. Are all the kings of the earth for God? <laughs> Have you noticed? <laughs> That's not anything new. Not, not everybody is for, for God. But here he's kind of saying that they're all going to praise him. Does that sound like any other passage of Scripture? Yeah, Philippians 4, right? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here in, in Psalm chapter, let's see, 138, I want to see what the, I don't have it in my notes here. I'm kind of doing my study in, as Right here in front of you. This is probably not commendable, but here we go. It doesn't matter. Okay. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. 
At the time of David, he was probably the only king, king who was giving proper thanks to the Lord for his covenant and his faithfulness. However, this passage and other places in Scripture proclaim that one day all the kings of the earth will give glory to God. David has expressed his own individual desire to give thanks to the Lord, but what had started personally would spread to a communal celebration even beyond the boundary of, of Jewish territories. He believes people beyond uh, Israel will believe and, and sing uh, the praises of God. At the start of the psalm, David did not address God by name, but he did refer to his name. Here David used the, the name Yahweh, which God had revealed to Moses at the burning bush. Yahweh is God's covenant name. So when describing the faithful truth love and truth of God, Yahweh is the most appropriate name to use. And so here he's, he's doing that. The Lord is majestic above every other king. I think of, there's other passages of scripture that I think of, Isaiah 53 or actually Isaiah 52, uh, verse, and I've taught him this several times, but this is a kind of a similar theme, uh, talking about Jesus when he comes. Isaiah chapter 50, um, two verse, sorry, 50, 52, verse uh, 13, Behold, thy servant shall deal prudently, he shall be exalted and extolled, and be very high, as many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him, it says. For that which they had not been told shall they see, and that which they had not heard shall they consider. There's a point at which, in chapter 52 of Isaiah, they're, they're so alarmed at Jesus when he comes and what he's done that their mouths will be stopped. And then it says later that their mouths will give, give praise. It's an amazing thing. So that, that's part of his majesty. Uh, there's another passage, Revelation. If you go to Revelation chapter 21, verse number 24. This is talking about the new heaven and the new earth. Verse 22, and I saw no temple therein for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city that had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall be walk in the light of it and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor unto it. Isn't that amazing? Does that sound majestic? That God's gonna do that. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no, who likes that? There'll be no night there. Pretty amazing. So here you have these kings that are, that are going to be coming. Let's look at one more, one more point. The Lord seeks and saves. Look at verse, chapter 130, back to Psalm 138, verses 6 to 8. Here's what it says. Though the Lord be high, Yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. 
Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect the wit, that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth further. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Here we see that the Lord seeks and the Lord saves. Sometimes in the Bible, when you see the word saves or salvation, sometimes it's talking about what we talk about all the time, and that is salvation from sin, from hell to heaven, being in Christ, regenerate, saved. You guys get what I'm talking about? Sometimes when it says salvation, it's the ultimate salvation from sin and its consequences, out of darkness into light. Who's with me? You guys get what I'm saying? Sometimes when it's talking about salvation, um, it's not necessarily talking about salvation from sin and hell. Sometimes when it's talking about salvation, it's God saving me from a particular circumstance. Sometimes when, when um, David here is saying that God is my salvation, he's not necessarily always talking about salvation from ultimate sin and death. Sometimes he's saying salvation from the thing that I'm crying out to you for because of the crisis that I'm in. This is something that happens too in evangelism where there have been times when I've been preaching and, or I've been talking to somebody and I'll ask them, you know, have you ever asked God to save you? And they'll say, oh yeah, that happened to me, right? And as we talk, you find out that they're talking about, you know, well, I was in Vietnam and I was in a foxhole and bullets were going overhead and I said, God save me, right? And they don't mean God save me because I'm a sinner to go to heaven. They're saying, God save me because I don't want to get hit by bullets. Does that make sense? And so here he is talking about, if you look, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me, thou shalt shut thy hands against the wrath of my enemies, thy right hand shall save me. Save me from what? Save me from my, from my enemies. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. That thy mercy endures forever, forsake not the work of thy hands. And so, and so that's, that's describing what he does. Now, interestingly, what David is saying is God is above everybody. He's so majestic, he's above the other gods. He's also so majestic, he's above the kings. Now we're saying he's, he's very high, and yet, again, he's majestic because of what he does. What does he do? He, he loves us. He fulfills his promises. He also looks out for the lowly. He looks out for the lowly. Even though he's exalted and very high, he, 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 he's okay with people who are humble. You know what the Bible says? Um, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the, to the humble, right? Here you see him having respect to the lowly, having respect to the humble, having respect to those who understand their own need. Jesus said, um, blessed are the poor in spirit, right? That, the people that understand their own needfulness, neediness. Here he's talking about he has respect to the lonely, but how does he, what does it say about the proud? Those he sees afar off, right? So he knoweth them afar off. God does not like the proud. There's no doubt about that. But here's what David, how majestic is God? God is so majestic because he's very high and yet he looks to those who are low. 
He looks to those who are humble. The source of fulfillment is the Lord. He accomplishes everything. The certainty of fulfillment is in the Lord. David didn't say God might. He believes that he will. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. He, he, he trusted in that. The goal of fulfillment in the Lord is the Lord's purpose, not ours. He says, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, don't forsake the works of thine own hand. This is what you're doing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. And who is the beneficiary of it? The beneficiary of what God is doing is God's own people. God works not just for Israel, but for David. Not just for humanity in general, but for you and for me. God is not only able, but desires to complete what he began in us. For we are his workmanship, as it says in Ephesians chapter 2, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. God loves us. He is majestic in that he um, is above the other gods and he is the one and true God. He is a God. Uh, he is the God and, and he loves us and cares about us. He, he keeps his promises. He's above all the kings. That's an amazing thing. And here, even though he's high, he seeks and he saves and we can put our trust in him. And so, here's my question to you. How does this apply to your life? How does this apply to you? What's David doing through this psalm? He's praising the Lord. Let me ask you a question, okay? You don't have to, don't answer this out loud. I want you to think about it. I want you to exclude, I want you to exclude Sunday between 9.30 and noon. I want you to exclude Sunday night between 4.30 and 6.30. Even though we don't sing in here, I want you to exclude what happens on Wednesday, okay? Except for those three times when we're doing this corporately. And I'm, and I'm not necessarily talking about music, although who likes music? I like music. I love hymns and psalms and spiritual songs. Those are amazing things. Let me ask you a question. What is your praise life like? other than those three times. I think it's great to have music going on in the radio and to have Christian radio on or to have a, a, a song going on your playlist and to do that just to, have, to like fill in the background and you praise God, that's great. I'm talking though more intentionally than that. And it, how is your praise life? How, how is it... What's David doing this whole thing? He is so enamored with what God's done in his life. What has God done in his life? He is, he's shown his loving kindness to him. He's, he, he, he had something go on difficult in his life, and he's gone to God. And it wasn't just a little, you know, little prayer. He's cried out to God. And in crying out to God, God has answered him. God has fulfilled his prayer, and he's now thanking God and praising God for what he's doing. And my question to you and to me is, how, how's your praise been? You're like, well, I, I praise God. I come and I'm here. And 
Gentry comes up and welcomes us, and then we start singing praises. And, I, and by the way, when you come and it's that time to do that, don't just sing. Praise. Don't just participate in the song because it's song time. Let's direct our, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That's what we ought to be doing at church, right? That's, that's part of what we ought to do, right? Amen? You guys agree? This, we're not just filling time singing. We're not just doing it because we have to or because that, we think that's going to attract, you know, other Christians or lost people. Or whatever. We're doing it because it's a, there's something about getting together and praising God. But that doesn't just happen at church. That ought to happen in the course of our relationship with God. To know God is to love him and to praise him. And that's a huge part of it. So, yeah, what's your, what, what, what can you praise God about in your life? Has God delivered you from something lately? Have you asked God to do something in your life and to answer your prayer? Has God answered your prayer? I think that's a big part of it. What else? How else could you apply this? What are some ways that God displays his majesty in your life? I think we could, we can, it's by, tonight's been about by his works, right? Dorn, you got to, go ahead. That's literally something that David's asking. Hey, I need, I need this done, God, and he's asking God for it. Answered prayer. That's good, yeah. So I think that's, that's a big part of what can, one of the ways you can apply God's word is to, to, to thank him and to praise him for what he's done. What's another way you could apply it? I'm gonna let you guys talk. Something in the psalm, apply it to your life. Go. Deb. Amen. I have recently, um, to speak to your to what you're saying, there have there's been times recently where I've had these aha moments where, and, and they come when I'm really stressed about taking care of some detail in the church, some detail in my life, some detail in what's going on. And sometimes I get overwhelmed and then I go, and then I have this moment of like, is it the Holy Spirit? Is it my conscience? What I, I don't know, but it's like this, you're, you've done all of this and you haven't even prayed about it, right? Any ever, anybody in there? Yeah? And here we have this God who's very high, who has covenant love towards us. And what one of the things that praise does is you're rehearsing all that God's done. Well, how does that inform the next time that you run into something difficult? Are you going to be more likely to cry unto him for the things that you need when you've praised him for the things that he's done. You guys get what I'm saying? And so, is it pretty clear here that David has a prayer life? It, this isn't just something that he's, he's not just praising because it's the cool hip thing to do and he likes music. 
he's he's praising God because God has shown up in his life. And I think think sometimes I'm just being transparent with you. I forget to pray. I I have a time of prayer. But I'm talking to them in the midst of my difficulty, in the midst of decision making, or about certain circumstances. I think, God, how, God, how am I going to get? How am I going to do this? And it's like, Oh yeah, you're going to do it. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. He's going to do it through, through through what happens there. So that's another thing. Yeah. So very good. I I agree with you, Deb. What else? Yeah. Go ahead. There you go. So we can praise God for things God brings into our lives. That's huge. God, you know what? God, God has respect to the lowly. Isn't that good? That's really good. He knows the proud afar off. Here's just a, something simple, probably very similar to the things we've already said, right? The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. When I praise God for what he's done, when I look to God as majestic, when I trust, when I pray to him, which is what David's done, he's praised him, he's cried out to him, he's received God's, uh, received God's reward back to him. There's this moment of trust. The Lord will perfect, he will complete, he will bring to completion that which concerneth me. Why? Because his mercy endureth forever. And so... We can trust God. We can give difficulties over to God knowing that he's, he's going to work it out. He's going he's to care for us. So here's a way to wrap it up. How's your praise? Right? Here's my challenge to you. Sometime between the end of the service tonight and Sunday morning, Take a few moments to praise God. You're like, well, how do I praise God? You can absolutely do it through music. If you like music, you got an iPod, iPad, cassette tape, record player, tape, whatever you want to do. Anybody still do A-tracks? Hymnal. There you go. That, that's not a bad. I like to read that hymn. I like to find hymns I never heard before. Yeah. Find a hymnal. Get, get somebody. Take a few minutes and play and praise God. That's not a bad thing to do. Do it on your own. But praising isn't just music. Maybe a prayer time that doesn't ask God for anything. Where you don't ask God for a thing. You just praise God for what he is, for what he has done and who he is. I challenge you to do that sometime between now and Sunday. Uh, Jesus said, um, when you, when you pray, go to your closet and your father, which sees you in secret, secret will reward you openly, right? That would be a, just an amazing thing. I think there's an emphasis here too, and I, I think it's amazing. There's an emphasis on the word of God and the promises of God. And there's, there's something about getting it in God's word that will lead you to praise. So if you don't have a word life, if you don't have a prayer life, you probably won't have a praise life. And if you don't have a word life and a prayer life and a praise life, then you're probably going through difficulty on your own. Now, he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you, but what I'm saying is you're not going to God for the difficulty that you're in. 
And so that's my challenge to you. If you're in difficulty, if you're going through something difficult, what a great thing to do to praise God for the majesty of his name. We have a God that's high. We have a God that's above the kings. He's above the other gods. But he has respect to the lowly. He, he will complete what he is working in us. And we can put our trust in him. Aren't you grateful for that? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?